And welcome back to Social Biology. I'm your co-host, Jeremy. I'm your co-host, Morgan. Morgan, I have a pet peeve. <laughs> let's hear it. So, let's just, I'm, okay. Like you forgot <laughs> it already. That's not forgetting. It's just like, you know, you have to articulate Find the right things. words, yeah. That's right, that's right. So, do you, are you ever in a situation where, like, you didn't want to be part of something, and then, you know, you kind of feel like you're forced to or you're pressured into, and then later down the road, like, you end up being responsible for the whole damn thing, and you didn't want it in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, I've had something, maybe this isn't exactly what you're looking for, but I've had somebody invite me to help them with something. And then they completely half-ass it, and I know it can be so much better than what they're doing, so I just take the reins, and then I end up stressing myself out. Yeah. Um, is that kind of what you're going for? Well, I mean, yeah, partially. I mean, it's not that it's... So, for example, uh, someone needed help moving, which is your stereotypical, oh. like, well, you know. <laughs> and so one of my... Uh, well, they were moving, and they didn't ask for help. They're like, oh, whatever. And one of my coworkers was like, oh, hey, let's... Uh, you know, we can help you move. And, and they said, oh, sure, I'm welcome to help. You know, who wouldn't? And so they said they would go. Right. And so, and I was in there and I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything. I I guess I could, you know, like. I sure. guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, you know, it's just uh, whatever. And so I was like, yeah, I, I can do it. It's fine. Like, not a big deal. Especially since there's going to be three of us, the person moving and two extra people. Okay. Um, and the main thing is that this person, they weren't comfortable driving like a large truck, like a U-Haul. Uh-huh. And so the other person, the person who volunteered was like, oh, I, I can drive. I've done it before. And I'm like, okay, I haven't driven one either. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, you're good. And then Even about, if like, I do know how to drive that, I feel like I wouldn't want to put myself in a position of liability. A hundred percent. Like I wouldn't want to drive a rented truck for somebody else with their stuff. But yeah, not, yeah. we didn't have to. Uh -huh. for sure. Yeah. And so like a few days before that happened, the person who originally said they were going to help backed out. <laughs> uh -huh. and so i was only the one in who there. volunteered the group well he, he exactly and he didn't volunteer kind of like peer me. pressured everybody else into it but since he had said like well i can do this thing for you i'm like okay now that he's doing the hardest part or the thing i'm least comfortable doing i'm willing to help and so uh -huh. they backed out and so either <laughs> i had the choice of a backing out as well like completely leaving this person up to dry uh, because they had to move by a certain date and, you know, if, I don't know if you ever tried hiring a moving company, but they need like two or at least like a few weeks notice. You can't just like call them up and they're there the next day. Yeah. And they're not easy to work with most of the time. And they're not, but, no. Yeah. And so they need this a person, lot of heads up and not reliable. But 100%. Yeah. And like this person was originally going to hire them, but they said no because this person said they were going to help and everything. Oh my gosh! Uh huh. So and it's got this cascading effect. A hundred percent. And like their right. lease, you know, it's they're they're renting and they're going from apartment to apartment, so their lease was going to be up, so they couldn't stay there. Like you know. Uh huh. So if I also backed out, this person would have been just fucked completely. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, like I, it's fine. It wasn't like a big deal. It was you know. It was shitty, but it was okay. It was fine. But I'm just right. like, if you are the one that has this whole plan or idea or whatever, you have to take responsibility. That, I'm a very strong believer in. Yeah, I won't. I'm not the most. I won't always help someone out. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. You know, whatever. It's your problem. But if I do right. say I'm gonna do something, like I am going to do it because I said I would. You know, I right. And so I don't know. It just seems like. Such a shitty thing to be like. So oh, right thing to do. Yeah, like let's all be in this together and do this. And suddenly, well, I can't. Like I'm just gonna back out. And I'm like, okay, like yeah. You you kind of push this whole and your your actions have pushed everyone in this direction, and now you're not going in that direction. It just seems like a really I don't know selfish thing to do. Yeah, uh, and I I don't know if it's like my ultimate accountability mindset or <laughs> just my paranoia, but I almost feel like. That, that person fucked up by trying to rely on this individual to fulfill what they needed, you know, in the movie. Oh, yeah, no. You it, always got to have know, it's, you a know, backup it's, plan. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, you and never so, Yeah, while what that guy did is messed up and I would never want to do, I think I would be so paranoid. I would want, like, three people I know saying, yes, I can drive the truck. Oh, yeah, 100%. I would yeah, never. Yeah, just I would, one. 
I would almost never just wholly rely on a single on a single person on yeah. a single person because some, or even like a single item. Like if something did go wrong, you gotta have some sort of like you gotta have plan some B. sort of plan B, some backup plan, some redundancy. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going camping with all my stuff tonight. A hundred percent, just yeah, on the curb, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. So it's at least just, by a tent, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like it's, I remember like this was a thing in popular culture like oh like your early 20s or right after you go to college or whatever you're like in this weird zone of instability because you know you don't have a permanent place to live you're probably not married and all these other things and i feel like right. that has been extending for a lot of people into like their 30s like now right you're like wow it, it this you're no one is stable anymore like <laughs> have you have you ever it's a really popular book so i don't feel stupid asking this have you ever read the defining decade i no i haven't it it's all about uh it sounds like one of those self-help decade. It, it is kind of one of those self-help and i know you hate that stuff but it's like really those. cool because it it goes through all these statistics of how important your 20s are and it specifically talks about how the latest generations are kind of like that super unstable as of the last 20 years. And it's all because of how we treat our twenties. Um, when, when you were, I have a friend who I, I swear every six months he's getting a new apartment lease Oof. where he's moving to new apartments. And yeah, I, I never leased an apartment. I, I, I lived with my mother and then purchased my home and moved with my wife and whatnot. Well, straight so there, I, yeah. <laughs> I've never, I've never experienced apartments when, when you rented. Were mm. you like moving around a lot, or because I can't imagine living someplace for six months with the anticipation of moving? Yeah, I mean, I never, I, I, I only I, the two. So I rented two places before I, uh-huh. I started buying the place I'm in now. But the lease for those two places were one year, and every single year I moved. Uh, uh-huh. Like just as soon, as, and it wasn't because I just needed a change. Like the first time I moved somewhere for a job, and I didn't have a job anymore. The second time I moved somewhere, and it was okay, but I wanted a place of my own, so I could have stayed there another year. It would have been fine. But yeah, right. no, it is. Yeah, I. It wasn't because I wanted to change. It was just because circumstances were like that. But I do know people right. who. Like most of my coworkers, where they're living now, they've been living there and they're renting for like several years. And so, it's oh, not really? Always, yeah, it's not always there. Well, I mean, it's just I think we the past few years are kind of unique that it's not good to get like an estimate on how normal behavior is because like during the yeah. pandemic and all this other yeah, stuff going true. on. Last three or four years would probably be weird to. Yeah, and that's honestly when some, me yeah. and my coworkers have all been like, well, this is the first time moving out of like my home area or state or whatever and so yeah it's it's kind of but i see that now well to be fair okay the, there this goes on along one of my another one of pet peeves i think the our generation the millennials or even like gen you know gen zers or whatever right there's this huge kind of thing where everyone is just saying like well the behavior of these millennial millennials is this and that's the reason why this other stuff is is going wrong and I okay. think that I think that the reason why our generation is less stable is because like the the world we are in in of itself is, is not, I wouldn't say in, unstable, but it's sta- it's different than it was before. It is quite a bit different than I mean today is so different than ten years ago, let alone twenty exactly. years ago. Exactly. I I, um, I always take it with a grain of salt, like because a lot of these authors, these books usually came out in the early two thousands or twenty tens or whatever. And these authors, they were born and raised during this also very unique time in American history where there was an in, like incredible economic stability uh, for mm-hmm. the United States specifically. And that is not normal. <laughs> like, right. that was not a normal thing. It is a post-World War II thing. After, like, World War II, between then and I would say until, like, the 90s, even early 2000s, we were still benefiting from that. And that has since shifted. And since that has shifted, like, for example, there's this huge thing where, like, we're, millennials are constantly making businesses go out of business because we don't buy from them anymore. Um, this is old, but around 10 years ago, the jewelry business was going in decline because millennials weren't buying jewelry, whether that be like wedding rings or just like jewelry in general. Okay. Like, oh, like, well, I don't think not- I heard about that. It wasn't a very big deal, but it was like uh-huh. a major shift in how luxury goods were being spent. 
And some of it was attributed like, yeah, guess what? We figured out that when you buy diamonds from Africa, people die for that. Like, that's not a right. good thing. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of it was just, hey, we don't have the discretionary income to buy trinkets like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it was like, oh, these like, they're just, you're like thousands of people can now not work because of this behavior. Like, we didn't do this on purpose. We weren't like gathered together in the national millennial <laughs> yeah. society. We didn't have like, a, a committee hmm, meeting. Who can yeah. we fuck over this decade? Like, oh, I know jewelry. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's screw those guys over. Or Toys R Us because fuck them. It's like, yeah. if we're doing things because of the environment we're in, the reason why we're shopping more online uh, than ever before is because it's so easy and sometimes it's even cheaper. Like, why would I go to the mall to buy something when there's like a 25% upkeep on it? Yeah, why and, would and I want to go see people? A hundred percent. Yeah. And so like <laughs> that's be, that's my I, I don't even care about the convenience. It's the not have to see it's, people. Exactly. It's the not have yeah. to see people. Um and so people are like, oh, like why are millennials so moving around a lot in their twenties when they should be like sitting down roots and doing things like, well, they would if they could. Like <laughs> like you know how many millennials would love to have a home? Like, <laughs> like are you kidding yeah. me? Like, of course they would. You know, they don't like doing that. Uh, it's yeah, just yeah, it's soaring housing costs and also just like wanting to not, you know, things are like if with the Internet now, you can live anywhere and work anywhere from a lot of different jobs perspective. Like if you have an office job, you can kind of do anything you want from a distance. Yeah. Um, Who, and so there what? was there was a there was a report just this week saying that it's predicted by like 20 28 or something 25 percent of americans will be working from home yeah. or uh, able to work from home able that's to. crazy to think that i don't know maybe that's weird to think because i'm in the you know hard labor construction that is area yeah. <laughs> so like it is so far like i talk to people about construction and they're like i had no idea that that's how this system works and the, and when people talk about at home work i'm like how is that even a thing how is that possible so yeah i mean no yeah. and it's true I it's feel all like familiarity it's, the pandemic really did push us in that direction but we were already moving there um but i feel like there's a lot of nuance to that because i've there's definitely been things that have come out of that for example a lot of people like in the company i work for a lot of the office people like you can't do lab work from home we wish you right. could. but most of the office people still are working from home mm -hmm. and but a lot of them choose to come in because if you're seen in the office, you have a higher chance of being recognized for your work and therefore getting a promotion. Right. So even though, yeah, there will be a, there are plenty of opportunities to work from home, there's still like an advantage to go to work, to a workplace, at least a few yeah, days a week. Yeah, you're familiar with, you're seen. Like, exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Like imagine if you're just, yeah, you work for a company, but you've... Uh, for maybe a year you went into the office, but then after that you didn't. Even if you worked there for five, six years, they're like, whoa, like, let's promote Dan. Like, Dan, like, who's that? Oh, he's this faceless keyboard that you see. Oh, yeah. From if you home. took a person A to B comparison, that yeah. there would be a big difference. Even if they did amazing work, like, you know, this other guy's face, is, face more, you know, that's just how it works. It's just mm -hmm. sometimes, I don't know, this is a very common uh, office cliche, but. The person who gets promoted isn't always the one that's best for the job. They're the one that sometimes they're the kiss ass or sometimes they're the one that is just there. And therefore, yeah, they're just getting the promotion because they're there. Yeah. Know? So, yeah, it'll be it'll I'm, I'm interested to see how that happens in the future. But yeah, no, yeah. it's definitely I feel like I kind of got a little more lucky with the whole stability thing. But I and, and to be fair, I know people who are well into like their 40s and 50s and they still have an unstable life. Like it's not like. It's universal. Oh, um, no, yeah. It, it just might be more apparent to our age group because that's who we see. That's who we associate with also. Exactly. But, I do find it very interesting how um, we your people's brains aren't fully, fully developed until they're 25-ish. You know, like it, it broadly solidifies when you're a teenager, but it doesn't 100% settle until you're like in your mid-20s. And that's, of course, okay. a generalization. And that's yeah. when we see like this sudden spike in like, oh, I want to, I no longer wish to party. Like, you know, <laughs> uh <-huh>. yeah, <laughs> I no longer uh -huh. wish to do these things. I want to have a stable, you know, kind of. So yeah. I feel like a lot of that is not, it's out of their control. I'm, yeah, I've met very mature 18 year olds and very immature, like 35 year olds. But for the most <laughs> yeah. part, it's like, yeah, your 20s are, 
I don't know. There's this mindset where you're supposed to be using your adulthood to gear yourself towards your career. And I feel like that is a very pre-millennial mindset where like, yo, you'll just get a great career and then you'll work there until you retire and then you die. And that's a good life. And I feel, I feel like our generation, and especially Gen Z and Xers, or we want to call them, the people after us, the Gen Zers, they're like, well, everything looks pretty fucked up. Let's have a <laughs> good time, right? Like, let's, like, I want to, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's I be rem- merry. Yeah, yeah. Let's be consume, merry. Consume, consume, consume. Yeah, consume yeah. and have a good time. And I, I, I understand that. You know, it is, it is a fair response to uh, that kind of uh lifestyle like i uh, i don't know if i ever mentioned this but i have family that uh, lives in in guatemala a thermal country and a, like because of how that place is a mostly agricultural place the uh food is actually fairly cheap uh uh-huh. well at least like plant-based food is cheap meat is really actually pretty expensive but food is cheap okay and a lot of my family there they're actually very overweight and that is because yeah they can't afford to buy a tv but they can buy two pounds of like rice and corn and, and you know, good food beans and just stuff themselves because they're like, well, uh-huh. we can't have fun any other way. Let's just yeah. eat ourselves to death. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy life how we can. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, like I I can't fault him for that. Like it just... sounds amazing right now. <laughs> Just getting fat off, <laughs> yeah. of, of, you know, uh, grains I'm starving and carbs. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I get it. But no, but I, I'm not saying that like, oh, Morgan, that book is bullshit. Like, I'm pretty sure there's no, like really good yeah, advice in there and you should I, try. I could see that. You know? What What's interesting is it does, I mean, I think the author comes from a few decades prior and talks about her upbringing and it just goes through a lot of statistics and how mm-hmm. relationships are shifting, how living conditions and careers and school and debt and like, so what I was saying was it, it's cool how it compares different decades and how both are very geared towards how important your 20s are whether it's yeah. modern times or back when they were but 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 what i was getting at is the vast majority of people my age that i know have moved like four times in the last 5 years and that's yeah. just incomprehensible to me i can't believe that yeah I'm i a, i would go crazy <laughs> like i can't even imagine moving like 5 years from now it's stressing me out yeah, no, and I and I agree with you. I am naturally a very like I t- I put in my roots. I go somewhere as soon as I'm comfy. I'm like I could be here forever because I'm comfy. Why would I want to move? You know. Yeah, um, it's not that I love my house. I hate the stress of moving. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm 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 okay with my house. I'm okay with where I live. I'm like it's fine. It's great. Actually, it's pretty good. And therefore, if I move somewhere, I'm going to risk everything. So why would I risk something that is good for an unknown that might be better, but is probably going to be worse? You know, that's true. Ooh, that's a good (laughs) pet peeve for the future neighbors and going somewhere where you don't know who you're going to live next to. I am. Yeah, I am very much a uh, kind of, I don't know, a fan or proponent of I'd rather deal with the devil, you know, than the devil you don't, you know. Yeah. I've learned how to deal with the current problems I have. And that doesn't mean I will never, I don't want anything to change ever. And I'm going to stay here forever. Right. But unless there is a clear benefit, I don't see a reason to change. Uh, yeah. Unless I'm, but that's just me. I'm a very. That makes sense. You know, I, I don't want to say stay. stable implies that if you don't let, you don't do that. You're unstable. I, I'm a very like. In, like uh, immovable uh i don't know sedentary yeah i'm just like sedentary that and some that people works. aren't and that's okay but yeah. I, i'm very much i will set my roots sense. Uh, so, rooted exactly rooted, yeah. yes and yeah. i did not plan this but rooted is exactly what the uh the the topic of today is <laughs> oh really i was gonna <laughs> say don't say that in australia don't say it. What's, what does that mean? Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. When I went it's to like Australia, an I, was, I was probably, yeah. Well, it actually means to be aroused. Rooted? Yeah. So like well, I, I did a, <laughs> a, a summer like ambassador trip. Uh, they sent a bunch of uh, middle school or I can't remember. I think. I think no, you ever was, told me this. Oh yeah. So one year I went to Australia. It, oh. The program was called people to people. And uh, it was started by Dwight Eisenhower, and he they did it oh, for damn. like 60, 70 years, and then it went bankrupt. But um, they, uh, I, I went to Australia, and we would have like five or six meetings before this big three-week trip. And one of the meetings, they went over different laws that are over there that 
you know you wouldn't think about here like yeah spitting spitting gum into a trash can if you spit gum over there you could be fined 500 bucks so they did like weird laws and stuff like that that are kind of mundane here that to be fair you know, i can't imagine just spitting gum onto the sidewalk or street that seems like no, such a yeah, barbaric no, that, thing but here yeah, it's not but, i guess illegal i guess that's the yeah thing. or at least it wasn't i don't know 10 years ago when i went but um but one of the things that they talked about was you can't say fanny pack it's called a bum bag because Fanny is the female genitalia. It's also I think it's England as well. They say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the and then the other one is you don't root for a sport team. You cheer for a sport team because rooting for a sport team means you are aroused by them. So <laughs> yeah. uh, interesting rooting. Yeah, yeah. I never thought. Yeah, oh, interesting. There you go. Little trivia to pull out. Everybody knew look that. at you like, why the hell do you know that? But yeah, yeah, I knew. Yeah, yeah. I find it really fascinating how we have a common language and not even that long ago. And there are still such many vast differences in slang. <laughs> yeah, such a different diversity of, yeah. yeah. It's only been a few hundred years. Like what the hell? Like, what I never think like, yeah, root. Okay. And, and, and a hundred of those years we've had like radio and TV. So imagine, you know, people are like, Oh, these people live next to each other. They didn't learn the same language. Like, yeah, people could be like one village away and they, you don't. You can't understand them because that's how languages work. They just yeah. They diversify so quickly. Now with uh, now with the internet, maybe it'll universify and everything will become one. This big uh, I, I Chinese feel like, German hybrid. But Chinese, <laughs> wow, well, why German and Chinese? Uh, that that was an office joke. Oh, is yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, I would say uh, I think when girl when we were growing up in the nineties and the early two thousands, it was kind of a thing where. Since there were so many people in China, and China, their economy was growing so quickly that it was like, well, you maybe should start learning some Chinese because, you know, yeah. it would be a really useful language. Uh-huh. But I think the internet reversed that because the internet is primarily in English. And right. Yeah, of course, you can find media in all languages. But for the most part, it is because it was all the major platforms here first. and yeah 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 and uh, and even the major like influence people and media outlets and again there's still translations for them but for the most part like it's become a thing and so we got really lucky that english was the language that <laughs> prevailed uh yeah suck at other languages suck at other languages yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i think that china would have done that it would have been china if it wasn't for the fact that they kind of self-isolate um because you can't just access the internet in, in mainland China. You have to use their intranet, their kind of inner internet. And uh-huh. you can't just blast through and pick stuff from the rest of the internet. You have to be kind of limited. So yeah, you don't get a whole lot of like mainland Chinese people being able to like go onto a forum that uh, Europeans right. and Americans and the whole world. I mean, I've heard that they're limiting video game access. And like you can only play two hours on the weekend. That seems... That seems ridiculous. I don't. That seems wild. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> I, I'm I'm praying for those Chinese video gamers. I'm praying for them. Hearts and yeah. prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So well, rooted, rooted. Yes, for our whatever. If you're Australian, forgive us. But being rooted, <laughs> <laughs> have fun in this episode. Have fun. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say. Yeah. I mean. So today, again, you never know when something gross is gonna come up. But I don't anticipate anything gross coming. But. Uh, okay. We have interesting tangents, so may, I'll try to throw one in there for you, Morgan. Fantastic. Just for, just for you. Uh, so this was a thing I learned. It was probably, I don't, oh, actually, now that I think about it, I don't remember when I learned it. I'm pretty sure it wasn't in high school. It was probably in one of my university bio classes. Okay. Um, but plants, you know plants. plants yeah, are, I love plants. Everyone loves plants everywhere. Photosynthesis. <clears throat> That's yes. right. Uh-huh. So... Plants are everywhere, even under the ocean and in the water. And from our perspective, so are trees. Like trees are like the king of plants. You know, they're just like this giant things and they're sturdy and they're, you know, they make all this other stuff. They make fruit and, and shit. So and paper. Good. And Heck paper. Yeah. Toilet well, paper, baby. Well, they don't make it, but we make it yeah. out of them. But sure, sure, <laughs> we sure. We make yeah. it out of them. They yeah, yeah, yeah. That's little, the resource. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't make boats either, but we still use them for. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but it's, it's kind of crazy to think about, but not, okay. It was a very long time ago. Again, we talked about dinosaurs last episode. So hundreds of millions ago, but not as long, as far back as you might think, trees weren't really a thing. Okay. Uh, Plants are mostly like 
grasses and bushes and even like ferns that got pretty tall, but they weren't to the levels of some of the tallest trees we have. And suddenly, at least from a geologic perspective, trees just exploded and became a thing. Like as soon as the first trees popped up, trees just took over. Okay. And it's because trees have a lot of advantages. Since they're taller, they can out-compete for sunshine. Right. Um, and so they can block the sunshine and everything. So basically, the taller you are, the more access to your food you have. And they're really sturdy. So all your the, the, the base of a tree is just bark and wood and stuff. And so all your nutrient-dense stuff, like your leaves and your fruits and stuff, they're really high up. And so it's harder for scavengers and even I mean, like parasites and stuff to get to the parts of you that are more vulnerable. Makes sense. <clears throat> and so we were like, well, why this sudden explosion? Like, why didn't trees happen earlier? Or why did they happen at all? And when we look at ferns and grasses and stuff, we see that the root system is fairly shallow. You know, you can pull up a blade of grass. You can pull up the root system fairly easily. Right. Um, and so it, it's almost like this chicken and the egg thing. Like, well, in order to have deeper roots, you need more of a you need more energy to grow them. But in order to have more energy, you need to get taller. But in order to be get taller, you need deeper roots. And so we're like, okay, like what came first? Was it the roots, the height, whatever? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so what we basically figured out, and this is nothing new, but there's this intense symbiotic relationship between a certain species of fungi and plants. Okay. And this is called, and they're called mycorrhiza. So myco, it means like fungus or, you know, mold or something. And rhiza is just like a way of saying this shape of its shape to this. And okay. essentially what this mycorrhiza what it does, it kind of imagine you have like this tree root system. And then the roots are actually covered in this fungus. And this fungus acts like a mediary between the root system and the soil. Huh. I'm I'm looking at uh, images of it. Yeah, and just I mean, it's kind of a weird thing to think about. Imagine like venom, like venom, this gooey thing is like attaching to a human right. or whatever, and they act almost like a shell to it. And it is so such a beneficial symbiotic relationship that we haven't studied every single plant. Like there are so many plants we don't know, but in ninety five percent of plants we've studied, they have this. Okay, like, so almost it is all of them. the majority. Yeah, it is the majority. And in fact, some plants cannot survive without them. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There, we have done a lot of like interesting things where we've taken soil and we've heated it up or we've irradiated it, so we killed pretty much every living thing in it. And we try to plant plants in there, and a lot of them do a lot worse. Almost all of them do, and some of them don't even grow at all. Uh, so plants can survive without them, but a lot of them can. But it, their just health is just way down. So it, it's like fortifying the roots. It is, yeah. It is fortifying the roots. And to be clear, these are they're like a separate species. So imagine fungus. They're not even like plants. In fact, they're not even like the same. They're right. more related to totally animals than plants. Yeah. It's a totally different kingdom. And so it is really weird that not only is this relationship like very common, but it is necessary for like all the plants. Like vital. Yeah. Like vital, yeah. And the more we looked into it, like the crazier it got. It just got like okay. weirder and weirder. So basically, let's say you have like a forest. In a forest, you have these trees. And we know that, well, at least a lot of people know, is that a lot of trees, even if they're different species, but especially if they are the same species, their roots really get intertangled. Like they'll kind of mix together because they're all kind of in the same space. And it's hard to not, you know, kind of touch roots or whatever. Sounds quite invasive. It does, yeah. And again, (laughs) sometimes trees don't like this. Sometimes trees will literally excrete poison to kill their neighbors. And sometimes trees are friendly with each other. Whoa, whoa, okay. Right. So they they like plot the murder of their neighbor. Yes. They, uh, I mean, excreting a poison? Really? I've well, never no, heard of that. Trees, trees exude a lot of herbicides, a lot of plant killers, which is why a lot of times when you have a lot of trees, there's not a lot of grass around them, unless uh-huh. they're like trees that are in someone's lawn because we picked those trees to be friendly towards grass. <laughs> But if you go into a forest, even be, even with the lack of sunshine, there's like dirt around the tree because they kill everything that gets near them. I guess I've never fuck you guys. realized that. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you, grass. Yeah, fuck you. Like, we, yeah, why would you be near me? You know, and never so there's, there's a that. huge chemical warfare between plants and other plants all the damn time. It's pretty crazy. That's crazy. Uh, what's, I, this I'm never going to look out. at a tree the same. No, they're pretty murderous. Yeah. The crazier thing, yeah, I'm not going to get into this, but there are, there are animals to take advantage of this. 
so for example, there are species of ants and they have these trees that they really like because the tree produces like a sap or a honey or something. Okay. And when they when they want to move locations, they will literally take seeds from that tree and plant them somewhere else and then wait for that sapling to kill all the other trees Shut and then up. move in. Yeah. Oh it's, my gosh. So they're literally like taking a they're That's like taking quite a, little, a calculated move. Yes, it is pretty wild uh, that they'll do that and That's so they'll insane. kind of yeah, it is like biological warfare at its finest. Uh, That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, if trees don't like you, they're like, well, fuck you. I'm just going to try to kill you. And, and, of course, the other trees have like an antitoxin and, and, and a rebuttal. And so, there's like, yeah, constant fighting between plants all the time. Um, anyway, so uh, when you have trees that have this kind of layer of mycorrhiza, even if they don't necessarily get along with their neighbors, a lot of the times the, the, the fungus that's growing on their roots they will grow out and they'll connect to other fungus that is connected to other roots okay. and make like this massive network of tree to fungus to tree systems. This big old peace treaty. Exactly. Trees. Yeah. And again, we, we still, we like, we're still researching and looking into it, but it's not always like when you think of a symbiotic relationship and a symbiotic relationship is just where two creatures, they kind of agree quote unquote to coexist for mutual right. benefit. Uh-huh. And it's like, hey, like I'll give you food and give you protection. Oh, that's easy. Right. No problem. Yeah. Um, but we've realized in a lot of symbiotic relationships, even though they are in this relationship, they still want to take advantage of the other as much as they can. Okay. Um, so it, we've noticed that within these little kind of tree to fungal communications, sometimes the fungus will do stuff to fuck over the tree. Uh, really? They'll, they'll like hoard resources from them. When there's times of drought or scarcity, uh, and sometimes Gee, the tree that's will, yeah, dark, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, <laughs> and, and so what mycorrhiza do for the plant is that, uh, and I think I, mean, I had to, we had this whole episode on fungus, but uh, whenever you see a mushroom, that is not the fungus, that is like the part of the fungus that is that's popped out to germinate and spread spores. Like the you, flower of it. Yeah. Exactly. And so if uh-huh. you cut it down, it, it doesn't care. It's like, well, that sucks, but that's not me. The real fungus are these hyphae, and they're these little tiny fibers in the soil. Okay. Uh, and so what you do is you get this coating of like fungus on the root system, and then ex- kind of expanding from that area are these little thread-like hyphae, and they're the things that are, quote-unquote, the most alive and the things that are gathering resources. Okay. Um, and so trees produce their own food. Trees convert sunlight, uh, oxygen, and uh, water into glucose or some sort of sugar. And so they don't need food. But what they do need sometimes is nutrients. And they get that from the soil. Uh, heavy metals like iron, uh, phosphates, even like nitrogen, uh, which we mentioned before how nitrogen fertilizers are the thing that are keeping everyone alive because uh-huh. they grow all our food. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and so it's hard to get nitrogen, but these fungus, these mycorrhiza, they actually have a much easier time getting those resources uh, because of their shape, because of what they are. Uh, sometimes they can get those resources from places that plants can't. And so they'll... So is that this really fine filament? Is that why it's easier for them because they spread more or... That is definitely part of it. They can go uh-huh. into places that these big roots can't. And also, right. sometimes they have enzymes and relationships with other fungus that help He's them. able to collect like, and, okay. Yeah, like, for example, if there's wood, most things can't eat wood. And so, fungus can't, really slowly, but they can. And so, imagine there's, like, a log that's rotting. The tree cannot, like, tap its root into that log yeah. and get the nutrients from it. But this fungus growing on it can, and therefore transfers some of that to the tree. Okay. Uh, and in return, the tree kind of gives the fungus glucose and sugar to kind of eat. Okay. And so that's the kind of mutual beneficial symbiotic relationship that they have going on. So which, which one would you say is more cynical? The fungus preventing nutrients from the tree <laughs> or does the tree have its own hoarding method? They both have their agenda, but definitely the fungus is the most like diabolical. And uh-huh. <laughs> so when okay. so when times are really scarce, uh, mycorrhiza will hoard resources at the expense of the tree. Yeah. So their tree might be not be necessarily dying, but it's definitely suffering. And uh, again, they're not like talking to each other, but they talk through chemical signals. So of course, yeah. the, the fungus, quote unquote, knows like it doesn't have a brain, but it knows that the tree is starving or does or needs water or something based on their chemical signals. 
And depending on the scenario, the fungus may or may not provide those to the tree, depending Dang. on how well it does. Uh-huh. Um, if a if a mycorrhiza kind of detects that its tree is dying, it'll literally suck all the nutrients from it and give it to their buddies so that they can survive. Oh, uh, my, gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, yeah. And to be fair, plants do this too. Like, because plants, if they are dying, sometimes they will send more of the nutrients into the roots just to let's say, hey, everyone, I'm going have have freely of my 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 labor yeah but this is uh, a little more vampiric than but my guys will be like yeah. uh maybe you'll make it but you know what fuck you like yeah, yeah we're just gonna end this now and they'll kind of literally no it's not fast but slowly they'll kind of retreat from the tree into the soil and let it die on its own you know like this kind of hey buddy you're on your own abandonment <laughs> abandonment yeah oh but since they're connected to all these other kind of fungal groups, and sometimes they're connected to fungal groups that are connected to trees that aren't the same species and therefore have different needs, there's like this extremely complex interactions between these different fungal groups with these different trees. And sometimes these fungal groups will communicate or utilize bacteria to do some of the heavy lifting for them. Uh-huh. And so there, it's just like this crazy balance and equilibrium of like, you're giving them food and they're giving you nutrients, but depending on like if it's a drought season or depending on the weather or if it's winter or whatever, you're going to act differently. And depending on how your neighbor is doing, you know, it's like, it's so complex. Uh, It's almost like a, like an engine of sorts in a forest where you're like, Whoa, the reason why this thing died might not be because of the reason you might think maybe it was a decision by the group to kill this, this tree or something. Dang. Uh, Voted out. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Uh, and so it's just, yeah, it's almost as if like when you ever we study neurons, you realize that a single neuron isn't, isn't smart. It's just a thing that fires electricity. Uh-huh. It's, it's not until you get like a big group of neurons that they like, okay, they can kind of do something. You know? The network. Yeah. The network. And then you get networks within networks and billions and like billions of neurons that you get like, oh, this thing can, it's a cat now. And this thing has fairly complex behaviors that you don't think a cat should have but because they have this weird network of billions of individual things that are simple can make something very complex that's that's super interesting and so if you go into a forest it's like it's not like i don't want to get all spiritual and wooey about it but like this thing has so many simple components that it can maybe function as a whole not as a brain but something that could be somewhat equivalent to it like it's just like wow they are reacting to the environment and they are sacrificing individuals for the greater good. And, but there's also infighting like trees still don't like each other sometimes. And so it's like one big massive unit made of a billion pieces. Exactly. That's, Oh yeah. You're like blowing Uh, my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it was so interesting. And it was very trippy. And and you think of the human body that happens to the human body all the time. Like within the human body, we have cells that are literally programmed to go die for the greater good. Like your skin cells, your skin cells are, they're kind of, they grow and they live, but once they kind of die, they're kind of sent out or they're programmed to die and they become the outer layer of skin that protects your whole body, you know? And so, yeah, the individual cell doesn't have like thoughts or feelings, but in the same way, like they're being utilized, uh, your immune system sometimes kills its own cells to save the whole. And so it can get really complex. And I remember learning about this. I'm like, holy shit, like this is like. One of the most incredible things I ever learned boy, about plants. Dude, you're freaking me out, man. And people don't know about it? You know, like, it's like what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is incredible. And so there are, uh, like, if you do spread, like, a very powerful fungal side in your lawn or something, sometimes you can inadvertently kill all your plants because you're killing all the things that keep the plants alive. They're little little root buddies. Um, Dang, that's that tragic. There. Yeah. So, <laughs> you, like, think, you think you're supporting it and you're... Oh, oh, yeah! Killing the system, man! You're killing the system, man! Crazy. You're ruining everything. Um, yeah, and this goes deeper. Like, you, I can oh, go into like immune believe responses. Me, my my brain is like <laughs> traveling further than it expected yeah. to this evening. Like, like literally, if the fungi will uh, detect a like bacteria or virus that will affect their host plant, but not them, they will take in the virus and bacteria and like kill it because it doesn't really infect them. And then pass on like the immunity to the plant they're attached Shut to. Shut up. 
It's just, yeah, it's wild, you know. They're like inoculating their like their 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 tree buddy to be stronger. He's like, oh shit, we found this guy. Hey man, watch out! This guy's coming for you. We're, we'll we'll help you out, dude. Uh, I so used to give shit to botanists, <laughs> and now it turns out they have the secrets of the universe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and so it's really crazy. It's wild. I'm like, damn. The more I learn about, like, that's just insane. Yeah, this is yeah. nuts to me. Uh, and then and, and it goes even like again it always goes deeper but there are like rival groups of, of fungus and sometimes that the, there's a war of funguses and your mycorrhiza dies but then a new mycorrhiza shows up like hey like I'm your new buddy now so you know let's have the same relationship I, even though I killed the last guy so yeah. it's just <laughs> it gets really intense don't piss me off I'll break your thumbs yeah exactly yeah. or, oh or they're gosh. not as nice like we want more food and therefore you know you're you're gonna struggle some more so yeah no it's it's intense so dang uh, Wow, it's, yeah, it's a lot to my, take in. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm just like thinking of all the possibilities now, now that you've said 100%. that. 100%. Um, so if, so if, if this affects like 95% of the plants, whether that was like, was that like just a rough estimate, you think? That was a rough um, estimate. And again, this is the only plants we've seen so far, but if that's like, that's a lot. That's a lot of plants. Uh-huh. And so, uh, again, there are plants that don't need this. That is true, um, but there are plants that either really need it or they're really dependent on it. The plants that don't have this sometimes grow smaller. Like they're still alive, they still grow, uh-huh. but they're not as powerful. And so, mycorrhiza <clears throat> is this like? Is there like one big? I, I'd imagine there's like a thousand different types, depending yeah. on the the relationship, the plant, the location. Yeah, mycorrhiza is technically the term for the relationship between a fungus and the plant okay so um, the fungus itself yeah yeah there are like you said there are so many different types of funguses and sometimes they vary by location sometimes they vary by uh habitat or by tree you know so there's a lot of kind of things like that so yeah it is not just one group that's like hey we dominate this it's a lot of different groups that have this um, and sometimes the sometimes uh, funguses are only mycorrhizal in certain situations. You know, sometimes they like to live in the soil; they do their own thing. But when there's like a heavy drought or there or heavy rainfall or it's too hot or it's too cold, they will then transition into a mycorrhizal. Like, hey, let's be buddies, you and me, tree, until the weather gets better, and then I'll leave. You know, right? So, okay. Uh, so you said you said like comparative to dinosaurs, trees popped up fairly more recently and and that's because of this symbiotic relationship oh, oh no. well so okay i mean so trees are older than dinosaurs don't don't get me wrong did at least I, most did dinosaurs I, mix that up? I i i did mention like uh i said fairly recently but i said we had just talked about dinosaurs and dinosaurs were like okay maybe i 300 that up, million I was years like, ago i'm pretty sure there were dinosaurs that were eating trees but okay i'll go with it <laughs> yeah 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 um Anyways, so, but like well, relative so, to other ferns and plants, yeah. was so, it this relationship that made trees just explode? Exactly. Now, I'm going to okay. say this right now. So because the when dinosaurs first started and when trees first started, technically dinosaurs started before trees. Okay. So but not all of them. You know, this uh-huh. was like the earliest dinosaurs yeah. were there and then 20 million years later, which is still a long time. But then trees were there for the most part. But Okay. Uh, but yeah, dinosaurs, older than trees. And... Which is like crazy to think about, but the, my favorite fact is that sharks are older than trees. Uh, sharks oh, have been crazy. around longer than trees, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. But uh, that doesn't mean everything was just grass and moss. There were still ferns, and they could be kind of yeah. tall. Like banana uh-huh. trees aren't technically trees; they're ferns, and so yeah, you could still have like stuff like that. Okay. But I, I'm talking about like redwoods and sequoias, and yeah, massive and like really big boys. Like, yeah, jungles. Yeah. And, and even things like aspens, where they're not particularly big, but they all come from the same root system. So they're like one giant tree. Uh, yeah. I, I guess my my question was if this was just the key component into their explosion. Into we're pretty existence. sure, yeah, this was part of that. Where mm-hmm. for some reason, once the simulation started, they could either because they had more of a root system to get resources or they were literally like more tied down to grow taller. Uh, we're pretty, we're fairly sure that this relationship helped combination explosion of, of trees. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, because it takes a lot. A tree is like a unique thing. It takes a lot of resources and it 
it it would be really hard for the a little plant to get everything it needs to become a tree without yeah. any kind of assistance. Yeah, never really thought about that before. The difference between a tree and like all other plants, like how it it, it is massive. It's got this big, huge, solid trunk, and mm-hmm. it it would require. I don't know. It's it's funny to see a lot of these images. And back when I was designing some of the social biology logos, how we I made one that was a plant, and like the plant is you know, the root system's bigger than the plant itself in our little design. And yeah. How big a tree's root system must be to support. Oh, for sure. A freaking, I can't even imagine a redwood tree root system. Oh, yeah. It's just like this gnarly thing. And there's just, yeah. goes really deep. And, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, and that's why a lot of, uh, like paleobiologists are kind of looking into like, wow, like how, how did this thing pop up? Like, how did we go from, Ferns and shit, like, you know, sequoias. And actually, not too long a time period because it's just, you know, they're really big and they're really strong. Uh, and trees, again, kind of like how the outside of our skin is mostly dead cells. Uh-huh. Uh, like, the wood and the bark of the tree is mostly dead as well. Yeah. Um, and and so when you're sense. really looking at it, you're looking at a tree, the thing that's actually alive is, like, the very core of the tree mm-hmm. and then, like, the leaves and stuff. Yeah. And so all the other stuff is just, like, Armor, clothing, and whatever yeah, you want to call it, sense. you know, like, <laughs> bark. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, w- yeah, which is why you can actually chop off like Even a good chunk of the tree, and then and it still fine. survives. That's it's true. Fine. Yeah, interesting. Um, again, yeah, when a tree knows this is in danger, it will. And this is not only trees; all plants do this. Sometimes they'll release chemical signals to warn their friends, but also it'll start pooling resources into its roots because those are the safest, and therefore, you know, there's these the ecological. Uh, like like chopping down a tree. You can chop down a tree in such a way where it can regrow. Uh-huh. Uh, and so you kind of do it slower because you want to give the tree time to, you know, evacuate <laughs> into right. the bottom, into its bunker. Right. So when then, you say pulling its resources, do you mean like into the root system from up to down and soil to root or? It's mostly up to down. Yeah. Up what to they're down. Doing. Be- uh-huh. Because it's the not like they are- go panic mode and start <laughs> sucking up everything they can from the ground. I mean, sometimes they do. They I mean, do. that's the thing. Yeah. It just depends on what they do. Like, well, again, they don't get their food from the soil. The soil is like where they get some minerals. Minerals. And yeah. And, like and water. resources. Yeah. But I mean, like, so the resources go from the leaves. The leaves are the things that make all the sugar from the sunlight. And, and so it'll start... You know, it'll it'll leave sugar everywhere in its body because it needs it. But once there's trouble, like let's say in the fall, it'll literally suck all the sugar out of its leaves and let the leaves die. And but that's why the tree can survive the winter is because it already took everything out of it and it doesn't need any more for a while. Uh-huh. And so it can kind of sleep <laughs> while Makes all the other sense. stuff's going on. And so yeah, if you kind of chop down a tree responsibly and environmentally, you can. It'll take a while, but it can recover. It can survive. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought that was super interesting. It's one of my favorite things that, again, a lot of people don't really know about. It's like, you know, it's uh, it's just this crazy thing. It really is that they, they are so intertwined, but they're still two different entities that they have their own agendas and they'll fuck each other over just to, you know, get a hand up on something. Yeah, that's crazy. And they'll talk to each other. Yeah, it is intense. But I had no idea how crazy this was going to get. <laughs> So yeah, you can read into it. Like, there's a lot of stuff I didn't talk about that they do, which is pretty intense. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, and it has to do with environmentalism. Like, there are things that we are unfortunately doing to the world that sometimes threaten these things. Where right? Uh, yeah, we're not chopping. I mean, we are chopping down trees. But for example, if you go into a forest, they're like, "Well, we're not chopping down trees. So the forest is going to be okay." But then we start dumping stuff in the soil, even if it doesn't directly affect the tree, it actually might affect. The, the things under the, the ground, the soil, and therefore the trees will start to die. And you're like, what the hell did we do? Like, well, we did a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a little sketchy to yeah, think about. It's kind, of, it's kind of the same thing where when we, uh, in the United States, we moved out west and we're like, ugh, we don't like wolves and bears because they kill us. So let's kill uh-huh. them. Yeah. And so we did. <laughs> and then we're like, why are all these fucking deer running around? Like, <laughs> what's with all this deer? Like, you idiots. You messed with the system. Like... <laughs> How did but, this happen? Yeah, so oh, like every time you hit a deer on the road, you're like, this wasn't a problem, you know. Well, not only we didn't have cars, but because the the, the predators took care of everything, and now we have <laughs> yeah. to kill them ourselves, you know. Yeah, um, oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, which is, I thought it was really interesting. We're trying to reintroduce wolves into certain environments, and there are a I lot heard of people. About who, that. I think you told me about that. 
I, I'm pretty sure I, I would be the one to tell you. Yeah, probably. And some and some people are like, my only I... social interaction. <laughs> oh, don't, <laughs> don't say that. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, and some people are like, well, like, why are we putting wolves back in? I'm like, because like we fucked everything up. Like <laughs> you yeah. need the wolves. Yeah. You know, you can't yeah. just not. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. Don't mess with it. I mean, and it's hard because there's a balance between messing with stuff to fit our needs and messing with stuff just to make extra. And it's like, well, we as humans are animals and we deserve to like grow and produce and use resources. But we have to also determine what, you know, how much we're going to take and how much we're going to give based on that. So, yeah, that makes sense. You got to be, you know, yeah, you can chop the whole forest down to get all the wood, but don't cry when. 20 years from now, <laughs> there's no more wood. change a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's literally like forests that have turned into deserts because the trees would, you know, hold the water and now the trees are gone. It's now sandy and, and people, and yeah. And so you. And they're like, what the hell happened? A hundred percent. Yeah. There's yeah. a really interesting uh, story. I think it was a man in India or Sri Lanka, like growing up, there was a forest and then they chopped down all the trees and literally the forest became like sandy and dusty. And so he spent his entire life of his free time, like planting trees and stuff. And he literally made a forest uh, and it's back to the way it was so much of like the animals started coming back. Like he found, I think it was like literally tigers and Buffalo and shit living in there. Elephants really? living there now. And this is like, that's insane. Yeah. Let me see if I can find the story. Um, but yeah, we can, we can undo it, but you know, it takes time. Dang. Uh, oh yeah, Forest Man of India. His name was Jadev Payang. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> Let's go with it. Yeah, and if you look at him, he looks like a tree man. Like, <laughs> okay, you know? he looks like a guy who. Let's see uh, this guy. Yeah, let me see if I can find a video. I found an article, but like, let me see if I can find a video. Because there are like literal fit photos and videos of how things were before and after. And it took him 30 years. So it ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah. It took him a while. I'd imagine when you said that, I was like, how freaking long did that take? I said it took him his, his whole life. And again, he was like, it? yeah, he, he was, he's still alive, but he was working and he did it in his free time. But um, it's quite a yeah. good way to spend your free time. I suppose, you know, very noble of him. Very noble of you. So, uh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I always try to have my phone on mute, but sometimes it just pops up and yeah, it just you. goes off. Anyway, yeah, I'm trying to find. Yeah, but anyway, it's a really cool story. But um, it just goes to show, like, if you mess with one thing, and so yeah, and when we're studying the things like mycorrhiza, we're like, oh, maybe if we we're not effectively directing or directly affecting plants, we still could be damaging the ecosystem uh, because yeah. they're connected in some weird way. That's pretty freaky. Uh, oh, yeah. Or even when it comes to climate change, like if things get warmer, it affects how differently different uh, things can absorb and decompose and stuff. And so, uh-huh. uh, like, imagine, like, yeah, you have these fungus and they love eating this wood, this wood. And so any dead wood around, they eat and, and nothing else can eat it. But you turn up the temperature like five or six degrees these bacteria can now start eating that wood and now this fungus has to compete with bacteria and then you know maybe they lose and therefore you're killing off this this system changing Uh, entire systems yeah by little little tweaks yeah i feel like as humans we're very much we don't like that we (laughs) we like to believe that little little things happen from little consequences or sorry big things happen from big consequences but sometimes you change one little thing just and everything gets fucked over yeah (laughs) still makes sense um it reminds did you uh this has nothing well it kind of does but you remember (laughs) flint michigan the whole like water crisis of flint michigan is this recent this was like 10 years ago, but no, it's technically still it going. Sound familiar. So Flint, Michigan, this is town in Michigan where like seemingly overnight, their entire water supply became undrinkable. What? Uh, yeah, it was like within a few uh, just like weeks that they would literally turn on Ooh, the tap and like all like this red. brown. Yeah, like blood water would what come out. What the heck? And so what happened was uh, 
and this happens a lot of places with old infrastructure. The the piping in Flint, Michigan was put in, what, like over 100 years ago? And most of it was lead, whatever. And so they the, the city of Flint, they decided to change over how they pumped in water. They wanted to save a little bit of money. I think this was probably during the recession or shortly after the recession or during whatever. Um, and so they switched to like, they kind of changed things They're like, well, we're going to use a different water treatment plant, a different process, blah, blah. And then we'll save a little bit and we'll still get you your water. What they didn't realize is that in a lot of these old water systems, they put something in the water that prevents the metal from breaking down. Uh-huh. So even though the pipes are made out of metal, sometimes even things like lead, it doesn't really have a high lead content because they have an additive in there that kind of coats the lead and prevents it from Prevent being washed from, away. Okay. Uh huh. And so they stopped putting that in the water. They, I think, either they didn't. They. Some people say it's malicious. They liked it on purpose. But you got to save a little bit of money, right? Yeah, you got to do a little money, uh-huh. and uh, of course, uh, whatever. The results were definitely not worth it. But yeah, literally, almost like they, they, there was this big thing, a big bill that passed. So they changed the water treatment thing, and everyone got a tax break. But then, yeah, the water became like rusty, blood red. And so it was a big problem. And so everyone's like, hey, just put the stuff back in the water. Like, that's just, it's an easy fix, right? Yeah. No, it is not an easy fix. Uh, (laughs) After that damage is done, I can't imagine it would be that easy to fix. A hundred percent. Not only is the damage done, but also there are sitting pools of water. Like, you're not using, you're not constantly having water flow through your pipes all the time. Right. And so there are literally, just sitting there. Yeah. There's, there's literally like, uh, systems of pipes that they're just sitting there and so even if you do start pumping this stuff it's going to mix with that other water and get diluted and therefore not work anymore uh and so Mm. unless you'd have everyone turn on their water at the same time for like a week you're you're not going to solve the problem and so there's to this day they're still doing water problems because they made one little change to their water system (laughs) that's crazy and it fucked everything for a decade it it looks Uh, like a woman was uh convicted as a part of it yeah, she was, I think, part of either the water management or maybe she was like the deputy mayor. I don't know what's going on, but there were literal criminal charges because it was like neglect, you know. Dang. Uh, <laughs> she only got a year of probation, 300 community service hours, and a $1,200 fine. Yep. That's, that seems kind of light. Slap on the wrist. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. And so it goes to show that sometimes you can't just undo the damage you did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, you really did do mess Just up. slap a Band-Aid on it. We'll be good to go. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a lot better now, Like, but it took them a while. But some people still, it, like the water quality isn't what it was before, but it is better. It's okay now, but it was nasty. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I had never heard of that. I'm surprised. Uh, it was like a national media thing. Like there was a yeah, that's crazy. Because I like I know mi- quite a few people from Michigan. I'm surprised I've never heard of that. Like they literally Flint, declared Michigan. a state of I emergency. I think I think Michigan declared a state of emergency because of it. Uh, I'd imagine it affected so many people. Where is Flint, Michigan? Let's see. It's like right in the middle of the thumb of the glove. I feel like <laughs> is it <laughs> <It's> just like... <laughs> the thumb of the glove? Okay. Or, I don't know. If it, or yeah. just near the thumb, maybe. But yeah. Okay. Interesting. But, yeah, cool. just uh, yeah. don't mess with anything. Don't touch it. <laughs> Get yeah. your hands off of it. <laughs> Never realize how many different things we could be affecting. That's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But now you know that trees have a secret relationship. And, and it's all underground with, with uh, fungus. And they declare war, and they have peace treaties, and they, you know. <laughs> That's insane. That's oh, yeah. crazy. So. How much of that goes on around us without us knowing. Oh, 100%, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and which is why some, when, like, weird things happen, we do cause a lot of problems, but sometimes problems happen on their own. Sometimes yeah. they're like, well, this thing died because, you know. There is usually something it is much us. greater than us going on. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. And I think as humans, uh, we forgot that for a little while, and now we're kind of relearning that. We're like, yeah, sometimes nature can really fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? you got to be real careful there. Don't mess with nature. Every time, like, I, I, uh, there's people who they do risky things, and it's okay to do risky things. You can have fun. But sometimes it's just like, yeah, they were, like, running around in, like, the Sahara, uh, or sorry, in the savannah, and they got eaten by a lion. And I'm like, 
Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where the lions lived. Yeah. <laughs> no, no matter how yeah. many apps you have in your phone, you're going to die. Like, how could that ever happen? You're like, well, oh, how could this yeah. happen? I'm like, because you were an idiot. Yeah. Uh, or again, this isn't idiotic, but it's like, I feel like every year, I don't, this is a, another news story, but nothing. It's a small one, whatever. Like a Olympian or like a world championship skier. She died by skiing like a few, like a few weeks ago. And that was a shock. And that was a shock because she's like, really? this, it, like, well, yeah, she's like this. She was very young and she was like a, a world champion and she just died because she like fell or something. Like, it's just. What? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's like saying Sean White mysteriously dies in snowboarding half pipe accident. Literally, it's yeah. Like, what? No shit. It's like Tony Hawk breaks his fucking neck on a half pipe. I'm like, <laughs> I can see that happening, but damn. Like <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean that's what you get when you're like throwing yourself off a mountain with yeah. sticks on your feet. That just seems like not not to disparage skiing or snowboarding, oh, but that's I've what you're doing. I've never heard a better description of skiing. That's before. what you're doing. And so don't be surprised if you break something. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. So there are things bigger than us. Yeah. Um, random tangent. I and this might be your <laughs> pucker factor. Oh, great. Uh, so I found this. I, I told you my place isn't really buggy. Like I have I haven't seen a spider. I said I see like a fly or like a little gnat, but that's like normal, I guess. Okay. But the other day, I saw my cat playing with something on the floor. Uh oh! And I'm like, oh, this thing's moving, you know. And oh, it was no. this tiny. Okay, but it was this tiny white little bug. It was almost like transparent. And okay. I'm like, the fuck is the fuck is that? You know. Uh huh. <laughs> and it was extremely fast. Like it was insanely quick. That's even creepier. It was very creepy, but it was small, and, and it's, but it was kind of transparent, so I couldn't really like count the legs or see any pattern. And so I googled like tiny transparent. Very fast indoor bug. <laughs> uh huh. And a bunch of weird shit popped up, you know, uh-huh. uh, because uh, it was like, oh, it could be like wood mites. Oh, it could be like uh, even like house centipedes, which we knew as Bronx bugs. Uh, it could be those. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it wasn't any of those things. But I found a forum, and it was this guy. And the, the title of this, like, he had, I guess it was like a botany or, no, it wasn't botany. It was like a pest forum. Um, and the title was Wood Mites, Cat Mice. Oh, no. Wood Mites, Cat Mites, Me Mites. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> and no. I'm like, what? And so this person, and, you know, and this was like five years ago. This is this forum was like from 2017. It was like, hello there. Like, I have a problem with, I found mites in the wood of my home. And then the mites transferred into my cat, and now they're living underneath my skin. What? And I was just like, huh? Like, you know, because uh, my first thought was, if something is eating wood, it doesn't eat you. Oh, no. my gosh. Why did I look up the forum? He's got pictures. <laughs> He's got pictures. He has, like, a hole in his finger. Oh, you found it. Oh, you yeah, did, yeah, I did. And so like he was this. like, oh. You know, it's like I like, and they're living underneath my my skin, and I can feel them at night, and I can't sleep, and I'm like, the fuck, like, how's going on? And he's like, I went to the doctor, and the doctor told me that I this I'm imagining it, but I know it's not imagined. I know it's real. What? It's, what it was, fucking <laughs> doctor? <laughs> well, because like, and I agree because it's uh, like so an episode people, of what's that? Like monsters inside me. Doctor show. No, what, what, what was it? House? House, yes. I swear I love, that's yeah. like the premise of a house episode. It is, yeah. And so the people in the forum, you know, all the more power to them. They're trying to help this guy. They're like, what do they look like? And this guy's like, they're really tiny and they're invisible and they're mi- they're microscopic. What? And so- <laughs> okay, maybe I'm fighting with the doctor. <laughs> exactly. And since he said, I'm like, mm, like, really? Am I? Like, you can't see these things. Because he took photos of them. Well, which is photos. it? They're tiny, they're microscopic, or they're invisible? Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't uh, have all three of them. What the hell? Yeah. And so he has these pictures. And he's like, I took pictures of them, but you can't see them unless I have a microscope. <laughs> and so you can tell this guy is just like, I don't know. Either he's crazy because he's dealing with invisible mites living in his skin. Or he's crazy because he's just born that way. But in the forum, they're like, we can't help you unless you tell us a photo of it and eventually one guy's like you need a doctor like i know that they you went to a doctor and they gave you a psychiatrist you should probably listen to the psychiatrist because i don't think this is real oh yeah he says we cannot diagnose what we can't see 
Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. So I was just like, damn, <laughs> this is kind of crazy. But needless to say, I did not find what that thing was. I was so engrossed into like this guy who felt like he was being eaten alive by bugs. And he has this like, he has like, and this is like a paragraph. He was like, well, if I put Vicks on it, it makes them go away for a while, but then they come back angrier than ever. And I'm like, the hell are you talking Dude, about? We need to interview this individual. <laughs> Yeah, I'm afraid to meet people like that. They, yeah. they got a whole new kind of well, crazy. Well, no, that's what Zoom's for. Yeah. That's what Zoom. Not, not in person. Heck no. But. Uh, and, Iowa. And again. It even has this location. Yeah, it has this location. We well, can track yeah. this guy. The state of Iowa? Yeah, Dude. small place. It says Montgomery County. Dude, we're down to <laughs> county now. <laughs> we're down to county. <laughs> yeah, if you can, like, if he takes a picture. The third picture he has, I don't even know what it is. like blurry, plastic. I don't know what he has on it. Yeah, it's is that weird. like an attempt at pictures? What in the world is that? Yeah, I think it's super out of focus. Or maybe it's maybe they are blurry. Maybe the creatures are, you know, incorporeal. <laughs> Ghosts. <laughs> well, ghost they are invisible, so. Oh, well, we got real be. problems now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it um, did you... That's crazy. You, you played you played Fallout New Vegas before. Oh, what? Yes. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Some people they love Fallout. And they, they they don't play New Vegas, but there's uh, No Bark. Remember How No Bark, who lives in Novak? Fallout without New Vegas. Yeah. Uh, no Bark. Okay. Uh, so that you haven't played. Sound it. familiar? <laughs> Hold on. He's the crazy. Yeah, he's see. the crazy guy that lives no in bark. Novak. I remember Novak. Why do I not remember No Bark? What, uh, let me see. One, he, yeah, is he the guy that something's killing his cattle at the? In the no, night? he he talks about it, but no, that's um, no bark. The McBains or something. Mm-hmm. I do not recognize this guy. Really? Anyways, oh, dude. Okay. I would I would just talk to this guy. He is like the most hilarious, like insane character in the whole damn game. Okay. Uh, he even get he even gets interviewed by Mister New Vegas on the radio. Uh, oh, really? Uh yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure you must have heard his voice or something. Okay. He's not essential. Like if you never talk to him, nothing changes. But, uh-huh. Um, uh, but he has like uh there's kind of a story where he is like literally insane. Like he's hallucinating shit all the time, but he's old. Um and he has this kind of he has this whole rant about in like uh the the nearby uh what is it? Oh yeah, he, he you can talk to him to see if what's going on with the cattle problem. Yeah, and and the chupacabra or whatever they the, call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a chupa. He's got yourself a chupacabra. Yeah, and okay. Then, <laughs> I think it is that guy. I th- okay, yes, I think guy. I do know him then. He's not the one that owns the ranch, no, but he but like he, talks about yeah, it. Yeah, he's the one, yeah. And then they're like, "Well, like he's like, "Well, it can't be." They and you know, he recounts like, "Well, they told they told Newbark it can't be a chupacabra because they got bullets in them." It's like, dude, we like that. We got a serious problem. We got a chupacabra with heavy machine guns. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, okay. And then they all get quiet because they know how big of a problem we're in. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it just sounds like that. It's just like those are the people you're gonna find who think they have bugs living underneath their skin. Oh it infects their cats and their wood. So yeah. 